Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, advice they have for students, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, the Assistant Director of Career Services. And today we are joined by Asma Hassan, who is the president of the 97th Student Senate here at Northwest. Welcome. Yes, yes. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> Always the first question for students, I think, or, or one of my biggest points of curiosity. Number one, where are you originally from? And number two, how did you find your way to Northwest? <laughs> That's a, that should be yeah, a very long yeah, story, right? Yeah, there. so I guess this is the story of my life. Here we go. <laughs> um, so I am from Liberty, Missouri, but my family is from Sudan, um, right, like in Africa, right below Egypt, if you don't know where that is geographically. So um, my family wanted a better life and everything like that, so we moved to Saudi Arabia, and during that time, um, my father applied for the visa lottery and we won the visa lottery but um once we came to america what they didn't tell us is that we wouldn't have any monetary like value or anything like that or anything like that so um how old were you at this point i was one at this point so i was a baby 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 so there was a cultural thing that um you buy a lot of gold and like jewelry and stuff like that for the wife of who you're um, marrying and stuff so for your your future wife type of thing but it's like during the engagement so my father bought a lot of gold and when we came over to america my mother sold most like basically all of it besides like just a few rings or something and that actually got us into like um housing and just a little bit of like just food and stuff like that to keep us by until like um we found section 8 housing and everything like that and then we settled down in kansas city for a bit and then we applied to habitat for humanity and they bought like they made us a home in liberty missouri and i remember like my dad throughout weekends and everything like taking my older brother and sister to go and build the house or like go and like add more things or paint the walls or something like that i was way too young at the time so like i just remember him like taking them but i was just like messing around the entire time you know <laughs> i'm gonna go back to playing with my dollies <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so I, I'm, I'm thankful for that but um and then we found our way um throughout like liberty and everything like that like growing up and i don't know i i mean college was implied what do your parents do um my my father is the only one that works my mother is a stay-at-home mom because i have five other siblings so like taking care of six five kids. other siblings i know it's a big family where are you middle I am. Beginning, end? I'm right. I'm in the middle, so I'm number four. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, like, so I'm number four and everything like that, but my father, he works at the hospital. He's an instrumental coal tech. He just cleans up the instruments and everything like that that's used on patients and make sure, like, everything's, like, tidy and clean and prepared for the doctors to have, uh, like, do the surgeries and do other things that they need to do. I mean, college was implied to us um, the entire time there. Oh, like my parents always told us, like, we came here for your education. So, like, go get it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I really didn't know what that meant. You know what I mean? I really mm-hmm. didn't know the significance of education and, like, how it could shape my future and how I could set, like, a standard for um, the generations that come after me. You know what I mean? And I kind of learned that throughout college. And I'm still kind of learning that today like i don't have any money or anything like that so when i do start acquiring some sort of wealth and stuff like that um i'll start learning more and more about like what i can pass down to my children you know what i mean 
So how did you specifically, I mean, there are a lot of colleges around Kansas City. How did you choose Northwest? <laughs> Northwest. Um, so I was intending, I was trying to go to Missouri State. Honestly, that was my, that's where I really wanted to go. It seemed like so much fun. My friends were going and I was like, oh my gosh, let's do it. You know, um, and I visited a, a couple of times, but I was thinking I was taking a few engineering courses because I was preparing to be a pre-engineering major. Um, and I remember talking to my engineering teacher and he went to Northwest and he was like, hey, um, I want you to look into the school and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I applied and stuff. Like, uh, I want to go to Missouri State. I don't know what you're talking about. And he's <laughs> like, okay, okay. So he came back the next week and he was like, well, I actually booked you a tour. So <laughs> you need to go like <laughs> next Wednesday. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to Northwest next Wednesday, you know what I mean? Um, so I came down here and I took one tour and it was honestly the most beautiful campus that I've ever seen. I've been on so many other campuses. Like, I don't know why I haven't stepped foot on the Northwest one um, while I was applying and stuff like that. But once I stepped foot here, I was like, wow, like this is just like awe inspiring. But it wasn't until like we got to the Flag Plaza that I actually knew that like this is where I want to go because like I remember my mother like running up and down like the flag plaza just looking at each and every flag and she was like I don't know it was like something different in the air because she was like no like they really care about you here like I don't know it was really something different I wish everybody can like could have been there and could have felt those that's feelings a, that's in the a air. very powerful story yeah yeah so I don't know I guess my mom Maybe go to, like, Thanks, Northwest. mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how that happened. <laughs> yeah. But. All right. So, what did you want to study then when you came here as a student? So, you'd taken pre-engineering classes. Yeah. Northwest, to my knowledge, has no engineering degree math, available, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to actually go into pre-engineering still, and then I was going to leave here after two years because I was like, you know what? It's worth the time. Like, I just want to be at Northwest. You know. And then after taking my first semester of like courses, I realized that I really don't like engineering. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, I was like, you know, I'm good at math and stuff, but like, uh, I don't think I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, so then I just tried to started searching for majors and everything like that. I remember talking to Drake Summers about his psychology degree and like what he's studying. Um, and he actually like gave me the first like input of like, what psychology is i mean like not what psychology is but like how it can apply to like jobs and like future careers and everything like that and i found an interest in it and i you know I had made, you taken a psychology class at all at that point i took like an ap psych class in high school so i remember i was like yeah i was pretty interested but i didn't realize like the careers attached to it so i was like i i was really just like math and science person like the, I, everything that i wanted to do will had to be math or science related type of thing so it was very like outside of like the typical norm of what I wanted to do. So I was questioning it a lot and everything, um, but I ended up doing it. So now I have a psychology and human services degree. I mean, not now, I graduated in the spring. <laughs> so hopefully I get through this last semester. <laughs> so psychology and human services, like double major? Is yeah, yeah. So human services, um, it's actually like the major kind of, it's very similar to psychology, but it's based around like how to help people in the most proper way you know what I mean I learned so much through that major like honestly sometimes like helping people on my definition is not truly helping them 
to their definition and that was like the hardest lesson that I had to learn you know what I mean like sometimes my help is not help that's a big eye-opener I feel like (laughs) yeah it it was because I was like damn like it was (laughs) it it, it, like really made me check out like what I was doing and my behaviors and I think that was like once I realized that like I kind of like I became a better person from there because I was like you know what like I just need to start listening to people instead of just trying to fix problems through my lens um and my eyes and stuff like that so yeah it was a big eye-opening thing but I guess that's why I'm like majoring in human services so what's the career goal with that because there's a lot you can choose with psych and human services yeah so right now I changed my career one more time (laughs) um so actually right now I'm applying to law school because um I don't know I have a very big interest in politics and everything um and I do want to help people but I want to help people on like a legal stance and I remember like during every single segment of our classes we had to learn about the legal parts of like you know like you know some incidents that could happen with each individual and everything like that I remember like reading more about every single like incident that could happen um because I was just interested in it and I, I don't know it hit me during winter break like hey maybe you should study law because that's something you like so yeah I kind of want to um, go and be an attorney for just a bit um, and then hopefully go into politics someday when I'm older and when I'm wiser you know <laughs> <laughs> law is actually a little bit like engineering right it's a professional degree and it's like the structure it's like structural things abstract structures really it's not that far off of engineering so yeah 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 (laughs) that's what i thought i was like yeah so are you preparing to take the lsat i am right now um how's that going lots of studying lots of studying so um i try to squeeze in as much time studying as i can um but for like younger students if they don't because northwest doesn't have a pre-law degree but what if if somebody's considering doing pre-law or considering taking the lsat what types of things would be helpful to them? What types of problems are you looking at? What types of things are you studying? So first off, I would tell them to reach out to Dr. Smith because he was a practicing attorney. Um, and now he's actually helping a lot of students getting to law school. Second off, I think I, I think I would like give them some advice to just take their time preparing for it because it's a lot of money to take that test like a lot of money but also with that it takes a lot of time to prepare for it and also like a lot of time to like apply to each school and with each school like there's a fee that you have to pay for every single application and stuff like that so I would encourage them to call each school and to make sure like to find out as much information of what they provide within every single program that they have you know um but is there a particular program that you're interested in or that you're looking at like top top two schools yeah most definitely i'm looking at mizzou right now that's my ideal school um they have a really good jd program which is like the juror doctorate doctorate. yes y'all got that wow (laughs) look at that (laughs) but yes most definitely they're um they have a really good program there but i actually called them to ask them about like how to apply and everything like that and they gave me a fee waiver so i think that's a number one thing like as a first generation student like look for those opportunities in schools and reach out um because i didn't know that they would give me a fee waiver until i started talking to them and they're like you know what like i'll send you an email you got this and that was just like a big relief too because like in addition to just paying for the lsat like i was really trying to calculate how i'm going to pay for all these um applications yeah yeah but like i'm very thankful too because um a couple of faculty um here at northwest to help me pay with the uh, for the lsat too so like i'm very very thankful that like i had the opportunity to like reach out 
to them and like for them to actually help me with this because i mean financial considerations financial considerations are considerations for everyone yeah yeah exactly so it's yeah it's something and it's obviously like honestly like can i talk about being a first generation student for just a bit maybe we should share if people aren't aware what a first generation college student is i think that's been a big conversation i I believe all three of us i'm a first generation college student no my grandma actually has a had a college degree so really yeah that's really cool so two out of three ain't bad so (laughs) yeah (laughs) starting this generational wealth (laughs) um so basically a first generation um college student is having your parents or nobody in your family um that has attended college type of thing so you're the or has a degree right or has a degree Mm -hmm. has completed it excuse me but this doesn't count siblings or anything like that which uh, it was really tricky with me because my siblings went to college and i was kind of just like confused if I was a first generation student or not for a second you know right if you have older siblings they're I mean they're an example for you it doesn't really feel like you are first generation right yeah yeah exactly and that's the thing but yeah I don't know there's just like a lot of like things that go into that um especially just not knowing what you don't know and not knowing the resources that you have and like going through college like I'm not saying absolutely alone because you do have faculty and staff here committed to helping you but also at the same time like trying to figure out um, and manage all these like college stressors, but in addition to like manage your like future, you know what I mean? Like the thing is like you're carrying the weight of like your family on your back. You're like, damn, like I'm, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) I actually really love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you're like, I'm setting a standard for my family. So the standard that I'm setting must be high and I need I need it to be like a successful track that like whoever follows it can follow it with ease which it feels I'm, like almost failure is not an option for you right it kind of takes like it's not this whole like I have a secure spot it's not a big deal it's like no I must be successful yeah it, yeah it kind of has a lot of pressure on that you know like and that's the thing like I had to like um I had to allow myself some room to fail you know what I mean because there are like I mean throughout life you're gonna fail and stuff like that but it was just like a lot harder when it did happen because I was like wow like I I, did I just really like not try that hard for my family or something like that like a lot of like ideas start spiraling because you do have the weight of your family on your back um failure is kind of just not an option because like you know like the step that you want to take for your family you want them to like get there you know what I mean I I don't want to struggle with wealth anymore I don't want to struggle with like putting a meal on the table I don't want to struggle with like trying to find clothes or anything like that and I like not only to that but like I want to take this knowledge that I find and I want to spread it to like other help other people Yeah. yeah exactly so like just knowing like the impact that I can make by just like continuing in my self-growth it's not just for me it's like for a whole community behind me like that's like that's incredible that's yeah. a, a that's a powerful bear, though, but it's a powerful yeah. message <laughs> right it's a powerful message to carry to the younger people who are in that position where you were 10 years ago you know 15 years ago like that's inspirational yeah right? yeah. yeah yeah i think for me the biggest thing was all college students have to ask for help but having not had folks guiding me who'd been there before i didn't always know when i needed to ask for help so it took me a little bit to figure out that oh yeah i'm i'm behind i need to go talk to the professor and say help me understand this or i need to go to an si session and figure this out and i didn't know that because i hadn't had to do that in high school and you know my parents knew of college but they didn't they hadn't been through it so it was 
you have to kind of figure some stuff out on your own. And we had a student on here a few weeks ago, Tobias um, Johnson. Love the, him. Johnson, love right? him so much. Um, he said he was raised under the theory of closed mouths don't get fed. And I love that because that's so true for college students. Like there is help all over, but you got to ask for it. And it's sometimes you don't know when to ask for it. So yeah, yeah. ask all the time and you'll get all the help. So, mm -hmm. And sometimes it's actually really hard to ask too because sometimes like I really I don't want to because I feel like I could solve it on my own. You know what I mean? I don't want to like, I don't want p anybody to like pity me. So I have mm -hmm. to like get on my own self like spiral to like benefit myself. You know what I mean? And that's something that I always have to catch. Like, you know what I mean? Like just ask for help. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. You know, I had to like always have that talk with myself. And I think that was the hardest thing too, because like I didn't want any weakness to show in myself. Right. Like I wanted to like, not only graduate, but I wanted to do it myself. But right. like, I realized I'm like, nobody's graduating by just doing it themselves. I can like, guarantee you every single administrator, every single staff mem member, every single faculty member here did not get to where they're at by themselves. No. Mm -hmm. Every single person had to have help getting to where they're at. Well, that's the story in the, this podcast. You know, this is like episode 25. Every story we've had, whether it's students, faculty, staff, they've all had somebody that helped them along the way, especially with faculty. It's, you know, this faculty member saw this in me and pulled me aside and said, hey, you should do this. Like, that's kind of been a theme that we've had is people have, have mentored them and now they're able to turn around and become mentors too. So you, the same thing with you. You know, you, if you get a law degree and you're a lawyer, you're going to be able to help some people. So mm -hmm. people have helped you along the way and then you're going to be able to turn it around and pay it back. So Yeah, most definitely. I'm so excited to be in that stance to actually like give people the same information that I've been receiving right. for the past four years. Like, honestly, like I, I'm just for real, like uh, it's not like a commercial or anything like that, but I for real, for real love Northwest for always being there when I needed them. Absolutely. You know, like just the community here is just anybody you ask for help, they're always there for you. And I think that's like pretty monumental. You know what I mean? Like Bearcats helping Bearcats. You know, we heard that from, from Bob with the alumni association. Really? That's, that's what we do. I mean, that's, that's what, that's one of the cultural values of Northwest. And that's why we all love this place. So talk to me about student senate. How did you get involved? How did you hear about it? Yeah, Student Senate. Oh my gosh, my absolutely favorite organization. I might be a little biased here, <laughs> but <laughs> it really is my favorite organization. Um, so I actually um, ran for elections during the freshman class representatives. How'd you find out about that? Because I'm pretty sure when I came here as a freshman, I had no clue what Student Senate was or anything, no awareness at all around it. So I'm interested that you found out about it and decided to run yeah. as a freshman. Yeah, most definitely. I really think it was the org fair, but um, I think it was a number of sources too, because I was like really excited about everything. So I was just talking to everyone. <laughs> I was like, once I stepped on campus, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like um, it was a different energy. But I especially um, remember like... I don't know, stopping by the Office of Student Involvement and, like, them talking to me more about it and stuff like that because, like, I, I was, like, in the running and I was asking them to stamp my posters and everything, but they were like, you, uh, like, do you know what Student Senate does? And they were explaining it to, explaining it to me a little more. And you um, were like, no, but I want to win this election. I know, for real. <laughs> yeah, but I did, like, student council back in high school, so that's what I thought. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be just like Stuco. Oh, my gosh. I was <laughs> And it's not like Stuco. Right? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, it's much different, and I'm glad that it's much different, but... Um, I mean, my energy has not been that high <laughs> in a while, so I'm very, very glad. Um, 
don't know. Students in it. Did you win that election, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a freshman class representative um, position with three other people. So I was very thankful that I got that position because it's helped me like get into other positions. Um, After like a semester of being in student senate, um, the president, Hannah Sears at the time, she saw like the light in me and like my energy and everything. um, And she offered me the organizational affairs chair position. Um, So from there, I got the opportunity um, to serve with like other people so that I can like help the community. Brief commercial for Hannah Sears as she was one of my student employees. Shout out to Hannah. Oh, really? (laughs) I I love her so much. She has inspired me to do so much. And like, honestly, that's the thing that I really do appreciate about her because ever since like I stepped on like um, student senate, she's just instantly like seen what I can do. Like she's never doubted me for anything. um, And she's always given me the best advice and like, I don't know. Like, I just look up to her so much because she has done so much for, like, this school in general. Um, I think, too, this is actually a key point that a lot of people overlook. You come to college and you, you know, they talk about getting help from faculty or getting help from staff. But the truth is there's so much to be gained from upperclassmen. If you're if you're a freshman or a sophomore, like, build those relationships as well. Those people are so valuable in your career path or in you know just in your time here at college Mm -hmm. especially because they know what you've been through um like exactly because they've been through it like at least two years ago right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so I'm like they it, it was the advice that I needed at the time um but she's taught me to like be courageous and to be bold um and it's something that I didn't wake up overnight and just like instantly like pick up but um from there like I kind of like transcended it into my like sophomore class president position and then into like the executive secretary position and finally like the presidency right now that I hold I don't know I I I really thank her and also Katie Brown she was another president and Alyssa Lincoln like all three of those amazing women have set such a like divine path for me to follow and like I I can't thank them enough and I hope they're listening because <laughs> I really like guys thank you so much for real. So what does the president of Student Senate actually do? What do you do as the president? So I do a lot like I guess I'm the face of Student Senate but also I'm the voice for the students so I get the opportunity to serve on like a lot of a lot of boards and like be in a lot of meetings where um, I represent the entire student body which um I'm very, very thankful for that opportunity. So I work with administration a lot, but also like local government and state government too. So like in coordinations of those three, like I just try to make sure that the voice of the students is carried out for and that us as students, we never get um, demolished or dismissed in the decision-making processes, right? Yeah, right on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, for folks who aren't aware, like what are some of the things that students send it? Like, what do you guys, what do you, what do you do on behalf of the students? I think there's a lot of students that know students in it exists, but they don't really they have still any think concept it's like of Stuco, what it is. Yeah. They right? don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, student Senate, obviously it's the governing body of the like mm-hmm. Northwest. So within student Senate, we actually, um, work with a lot of student organizations and make sure that they're all up and running and efficient. Um, Every organization on campus needs to be recognized through us. So they come and appeal to us through that. But also at the same time, we have the opportunity to give out at least um, a maximum of $1,500 to every organization if they appeal to us and show us um, their information. But it's all only for like conferences and events. In addition to that, like we have some charitable donations that we give out um, 
and we also like have some co-sponsorships with other organizations too so we're the governing body of organizations but also a connection to the students um with that um just right now actually like we're in the process of having a fees discussion so what entitles into this fees discussion is every single year we have a discussion about fees um because brief commercial for fees so tuition and fees are two things that you could build for here as a student right Tuition is the price per credit hour you're paying for a class, and fees are other things, designated money tacked on with that tuition. Brief com- brief educational commercial. Right. So, like, we provide laptops for students. So, the technology fee that a student pays, pays for the laptop, pays for the network, pays for the folks that fix the laptops, pays for the student employees that work there. It kind of pays, pays for, your, for the program. Pays basically. for your cord that you lose when yeah. you're dragging it around everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry to mean uh, it. No, no, no. I always lose that cord, so. <laughs> 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 but, um, most definitely. So, um, Student Senate, uh, because of Senate Bill... Um, 389 dr baker hounds us on that senate bill but because of that um they have um the university has to appeal to the students and get their vote to make sure any fees um in any additional fees is passed through us um so every single year like we have this discussion on like raising or lowering fees um and the circulation of fees you know what i mean who it gets distributed to um, so right now we're talking about wellness services and we have two fee options of $2 um, to increase the wellness services fee to $2 or um, the other option is $4.65. Can you talk to us as president? I imagine this is also part of your job. The implications, because it sounds to me like raising a fee is a bad idea unless I have an understanding of what it can do to benefit people yeah yeah most definitely so there's like a lot of benefits that go into the wellness services fees um if you guys don't know of the programs they have green dot they have um, partners in prevention training and in addition to that they also have counseling services and peer coaching so it's not only just for counseling but there's all a lot of programs um granted to them too um so wellness services is run under two um allocations and one is a grant allocations and if you guys don't know grants are um you just write a big, big paper to the state and ask them for money. So that's the basic um, definition that's a great, of it. That's a great yeah. definition. That is. And if you'd like more information on grants, we have uh, a past episode with Ty Parsons, who's the university grants writer, and he talks about them as well. So you can go back and listen to that one and educate and then come back to this point and you'll know all about it. Yeah, yeah. A lo- uh, he'll, he'll probably educate you guys a lot more than I did. <laughs> um, so then um, the other way that they receive funding is designated fees. So um, right now um, they are operating with at full capacity. So they are seeing as many patients as they, um, excuse me, not patients, but clients, um, as many clients as they can. So right now... And in addition to that, they also, like, they have to chart their information and, like, run all these programs and everything like that. So the staff is, like, very overwhelmed with the tax load of what's happening. So um, raising the fee to $4.65 will um, provide two additional um, members to the wellness services team. Um, so that they can serve, better serve the students, serve mm-hmm. more students, have a, have more of a capacity to serve students. Yeah, so this will also decrease wait time and make sure that you are seen on a better time than just that two-week waiting period that we have. But then it also, like, um, we added in additional programming and making sure that this is a sustainable 
for five years too so um this four dollars and 65 cents although it seems like it's a lot it will dramatically help wellness services they do so much on campus holistically and things that we also don't see often you know what i mean they're all their place um in the corner of campus all by themselves and everything like that so we don't really see the good things that they do you know what i mean the impact they make on campus because it's really like just blinded in that um small little building off on the corner of campus but they do a lot and they help every single student and i bet if you ask any student on campus like how wellness service has helped you they could give you a story Absolutely. So one thing we like to ask, especially the students we talk to, is, you know, you're a senior now, you're getting ready to graduate and go on to do amazing things that you've told us about. So what advice do you have for students who are maybe younger or starting out? And how can they be as successful as as you are, Madam President? (laughs) I just wanted to throw Madam President in there, too. Wow. I I love it that you called me Madam President. (laughs) Wow. I will take it. Um, But to be successful, um, my number one, number one, number one advice is to be courageous, be uncomfortable. That also goes into asking for help when you don't really feel like asking for help. I don't know. I feel like I couldn't have been in the position that I was if I wasn't courageous, if I wasn't bold, if I didn't like put myself outside of the box that I like used to place myself in. You know what I mean? It just takes a lot of courage to like not only just go to classes and stuff like that, but to make sure that you're being successful in every single course and to make sure that when you go to organizations that you're in full attentiveness and like you're consciously there you know what I mean and to make sure that like at any opportunity you could help somebody to the best of your ability and on their terms um so it just takes a lot of courage to also like learn about the qualities the qualities about yourself that you need to work on and I think that was a big thing for me too because I feel like I mean coming into college I was very like yeah very outgoing very talkative um you know what I mean and I was helping people in the ways that I mean just like we were speaking about before I was helping people in the ways that like you thought they need to be helped yeah and (laughs) that was a really like I had to be courageous enough to like recognize that in myself you know what I mean to like learn that that was not a trait that needs to be carried on you know what I mean like this is this needs to be stopped right now you know I guess I had to expose myself for like what I could work on all right the last question what does it mean to you to be a bear cat to be a bear cat is to be intentional and to be bold you know I don't know if I can explain that than just the terms themselves but be intentional with everything you do have a genuine effect to everything and people will genuinely respond to that you know um be there be present listen to others and then to be bold and when you see something isn't right be bold enough to stand up be bold enough to speak up about it have that voice use your voice <laughs> yeah absolutely we are bearcats here as roar right yes <laughs> <laughs> show that pride awesome. all right. right well thank, thank you, so much. you yeah most definitely thank you for having me all right well that will do it for another behind the bearcat and we will talk to you next time <laughs>